attached to our unique spirits is a question. Each lifetime we experience, we get to ask this question over and over and over again. And this becomes our quest. And this becomes why our spirits become embodied again and again. Welcome to Facing Forward, a conscious lifestyle podcast hosted by me, Kara Ladd, featuring deep, heart-forward, soul-centered conversations to catalyze growth, healing, transformation, and wonder in your everyday life. We have one of my all-time favorite conversations to date for you today. I sit down with Deborah Heinkamp, aka Mama Medicine, who is a world-renowned theorist with over 20 years of healing work under her belt. You must likely have heard of her medicine readings where she does an aura reading so she tells you what color she sees and then she provides this intuitive healing holistic healing guidance a lot of which is rooted in shamanism and i've done many medicine readings with deborah over the years she is actually one of the very first healers i ever worked with and i love working one-on-one with deborah but what i love most about Deborah is her ability to clearly channel and communicate collective energy. We touch on this collective energy that we're moving through right now and that we can expect moving into this next year. She also is going through a lot of change professionally and we talk about that and kind of this journey of bringing herself back to her true essence. And we we talk about how to discover your true core essence. We also dive into her personal creative process, the rise of demanifestation, and so much more. Here is Facing Forward with Deborah Heinkamp, Mama Medicine. Hi, Deborah. Thank you so much Hi. for being here. <laughs> this is super special for me because you are one of the very first healers, guides that I've worked with, and I feel like we've been through like a lot together and we've seen each other transform and grow a lot. So just really grateful to have you here. Well, I am honored to be here and I'm so excited to see what comes up today. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, so the first question that I typically ask is taking us back to an aha moment, like a pivotal moment or a catalytic moment that launched where you are today. And where you are today, I feel like you're kind of at a pivotal moment in your business, a stripping away and a reconnection to what you call your core, your core nature. And I would love for you to speak about that aha moment and how that has really come to be and it's currently playing out right now in your business. Hmm. Well, you know, I because the aha moment that was like a really big shift for me in the past was having my daughter and giving birth to my daughter. And then that really changing the way in which I worked. So at that time I had, you know, built up a, this was back in 2013. I had built up a pretty big following. I was, I had a yoga studio and a healing center. I was also I had a staff of around 30 people. I was managing 30 different people's careers and yoga teachers and massage therapists and healers don't tend to be the most like grounded on time kind of do it yourself, get things going kind of people. So it it was really a lot of pressure. And 
I remember at that moment with having her, there was a lot there. Like, first of all, wow, I'm so capable. I just gave birth. Like my body is so capable. I am so capable. And also what is the one thing that I want to teach this child? And it was confidence and really believing in herself. And so there was a big stripping away back then of realizing I don't have to like support all these other people's careers just to do the work that I want to do. I can just focus on my work and trust that their careers can go wherever they want to go. And so I, I, I made my work a lot more minimal then. And I said, okay, I'm just going to offer my one-on-one medicine readings, medicine reading ceremonies and retreats. What's really interesting is now 10 years later, there's a circling back around to that same exact epiphany that I had when I had her, because throughout the past 10 years, you know, when I made that decision, my work grew just exponentially and I got a lot of press and, and acquired a pretty big following at a time when having like several thousands of followers on Instagram made a big difference. And I I did a a healing studio in Soho. I did I did a lot of work there and then I transformed it online. And I just I feel like I've been doing a lot of like the work that people I wrote a book, you know, I, I feel like I've been doing a lot of the work that people have expected and requested of me and all coming from a good and supportive place. But if I really look at what I'm truly here to do, it's my one-on-one medicine readings, it's a group ceremonies, it's retreats. And at the core of who I am, I'm, I'm a writer and it's time to write what I really truly have in my heart and what I really want to write rather than what is expected of me to write. So there's there's a very similar epiphany that's happening again, but I can't say that there was one particular aha moment with this round, except for that I had a pretty challenging retreat at the beginning of the year that I, I brought people on. And in my work, I... I often work with very wealthy people, but it's never about how much money they have. It's always just about deep soul work and like who they are on the inside, not who they appear to be on the outside. And I had this group of people on the retreat that were so just so ostentatious and so in this like weird gossip girl energy of like I'm the richest person here and competing with everybody else on the retreat and just kind of like putting so much on and then we were in a place where we were able to be surrounded by the local people who had like very little but they were so happy and they were so healthy and they they just, they seemed so rich inside of themselves. And so there was this big contrast that just was so beautiful. All of it was just so beautiful. And it showed to me so much how 
I want to live a more simple life. I want to get to the point with my my messages and my work. I want to live just more simply and therefore more holistically. Mm. Yeah. I feel like what we're experiencing right now in society and just in spirituality in general is just this insatiable materialism. Mm-hmm. And I witnessed this in my own journey that I'm like, have become aware of and I'm writing about and in others people's journeys as well and just kind of sitting on the sideline and it can be really easy to caught up to get caught up in that and the in the ego forward nature of just of living and the tools and the ritualization and like the glossy love and light side of healing but it's beautiful to be able to come back to your you know your core offering and your core medicine which I feel like are those I mean, I've had such profound experiences in those one-on-one medicine readings. Can you speak to the medicine that is discovered within your one-on-one medicine readings? What does, like what makes them unique? Well, the the core of my work is being your own healer. Mm-hmm. And so I try to create an opportunity for you to discover really like your faith. So not necessarily like your religion, because that would almost be uh, exterior of your faith. Your faith is more this belief in your heart that you know to be true. It's this constant that you come back to. Like for me, it's all of life is sacred. And so every move I make action, I take is from this faith that all of life is sacred, you know? And so I create an opportunity for you to be your own healer by connecting to like your core your core faith what you really know in your heart to be true and to that most pure most humble part in your heart and listening to and feeling what is there and yeah I do that through seeing your aura telling you what I see coming up you talking about whatever you have going on in life and then creating a ceremony all around that. And the the work that I'm doing right now in medicine readings, it's it's evolving a lot. It's it's going into more of this like purest place in the soul, the, the most honest place in the heart, and how that connects us to the soul of the world and to the consciousness that we're all surrounded by, and therefore dispelling illusions of of loneliness and separation both within ourselves and within the world around us so it's a lot of like instead of just being in your light and that being your path of spirituality how can your shadow and your light have a cup of tea together and become good friends and how can you then move forward in life really truly being whole as a way of being well. Yeah, I think a big part of what I have missed in the past and what others have missed in the past on are currently in their spiritual journeys is just like this integration and, and this full embodiment and pausing and slowing down. And like you said, like resacreding. I've been using that word a lot because I feel like I move very, very fast. And how can I resacred everything? a little bit more. So you talk about this like faith, this like core essence, this true nature within. 
how does one begin to find that? Like, what is one first step that you would recommend to take? I think that it is all this healing work we do on ourselves is actually to understand that question, you know? Mm-hmm. I have this theory, like a lot of us like to have theories and I guess just the inquisitive, curious human mind likes to have a theory around what happens before we're born or after we die, right? And mm. for me, I wonder if maybe, and I don't think anybody really knows, and I don't trust anybody who says that they know. It's just yeah. a, immediate, you know? like, it's an immediate, like, no, I, I don't think you do know that. I think it's a, it's a really amazing thing to, like, ask the question around, but it's a, a very arrogant thing to say we have the answer for everyone, right? My mm-hmm. speculation is that before we're born, it's not even a hypothesis because it's not even an educated guess, it's just a guess, right? We each have these unique spirits and perhaps this spirit comes with us lifetime after lifetime And I think that we could be all sorts of different beings from lifetime to lifetime. But what is a constant to our spirits is a question. And whether we are within a lifetime or we're within the great mystery and we're reunited with the cosmic soul in between lifetimes, attached to our unique spirits is a question. And I think that each lifetime we experience, we get to ask this question over and over and over again. And this becomes our quest. And this becomes why our spirits become embodied again and again. And I think it is through allowing ourselves to ask this question like maybe it's and it's probably a very simple question like you know what is love or why am I here or what's my purpose it's a lot of a lot of us already already have been asking this question for a long time right but as we go through our lifetimes and we ask ourselves this question or we feel the energy of this question we can't even put words to it but we feel the energy of it propelling us along Somewhere along the way, if we do enough, allowing ourselves to heal, creating space for ourselves to heal, then somewhere along the way, we find our faith and what we know in our hearts to be true. And then that can ground us. But I actually think that to find, to find like your faith, that, that inner deep anchor of a truth, you just simply have to ask yourself the question. Do you know what your question is? I mean, there's, I feel like there's a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions when it comes to soul, my soul. To pick one. Yeah. My question is more of a feeling. Yes. Yeah. This resonates. And it's, yeah. It's more related to, to balance. And what feels like balance and what does not feel like balance and internal and external realities. Yeah. I love that. 
the first thing that came to mind when you said that is the topic of manifestation. Because a big part of your work over the past few years has been talking about demanifestation. Yeah. You have been, and when I read more about, I've heard you speak about this, but the more I read about your work, it very much resonates with kind of how I am looking to put my work out into the world and how I'm just living my life in general, because I've been in that cycle of insatiable healing and insatiable wanting more and kind of that clinging. And then I had this like realization over the past few years, like starting in the pandemic and kind of landing now of like the stripping away and how it was like clogging my energy and how I'm actually become more of a like a just a magnet for my desires and what's truly meant for me if I just stand in an empowered seat of receiving and not trying to yeah. cling and want more. I would love to hear your perspective of demanifestation and why that's so important to you. Yeah, I love how demanifestation, by the way, is like really catching on and resonating with people because there has to be balance, right? And it's not that manifestation is like wrong or or evil, no. but there there has to be both. There has to be both. Right. I I even saw the other day I was just in New York for work and I walked by a billboard for this new Disney movie coming out called Wish. And the tagline for it is be careful what you wish for. And I thought, wow, that's like the manifestation in action. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just think that like, perhaps if we could trust life a little bit more, you know, because I think we have a hard time. We've been let down. We've been brokenhearted. We've had a hard time trusting life. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we could trust life a little bit more. Perhaps we could see that we receive everything that we need. Mm-hmm. Actually, even the the most challenging time, like we can sometimes I think that if we force manifest things into existence, like we we say, I want to be in love with this exact person and I, or I want to be in love with someone who's just like this, or I want to make like this amount of money on this date, or I want to have this exact job. You know, when we force manifest things into being, I think we forget that the whole universe operates on balance. And so when we're asking, we're, when we're saying, when we're demanding something, we have to understand that an energy exchange is required. Like if you have flowers I want to buy, I give you the money for those flowers, right? So an energy Mm -hmm. exchange is required. And when we demand something of the universe, when we demand it of life, there is an energy exchange that's required. And it will cost us something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is missed a lot in manifestation work. It's not even looked at at like manifestation Teachers, they love to talk about Jim Carrey's million dollar check. Have you heard this story? Yeah, of course. It's like yeah. quintessential. It's in the secret. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey's million dollar check. Jim Carrey's million dollar check. But nobody ever looks at the fact that Jim Carrey wrote that million dollar check, I think, because he wanted to like show his father he could really make it. 
And his mm-hmm. father died before he did Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He had, I think, a girlfriend who committed suicide. He had a lot of loss in his life. And this isn't punishment for force, forcing these things into being. This isn't punishment for demanding it. The universe never wants to punish us, but we're here to learn. We're mm-hmm. here to learn. And so sometimes we get these like kind of very strong, maybe difficult lessons because the universe wants us to grow and to learn, but nobody ever likes to look at that about Jim Carrey's million dollar check. And I think if you look at like a lot of manifestation teachers that are out there, there's a lot of challenges that they have with like health or relationships or things like that. And it's it's a lot of energy exchange happening of like forcing things into being. Now, I do think like even sometimes we go through these massive health crises or big relationship blowups that's outside of any manifestation work we've done, of course, and it more has to do with the universe wanting us to grow. Like we're we're here and we're being so incredibly assisted. We're being taught always. We're being guided always. And so the challenges that we go through in life are are helping us to learn how to do things a little bit differently, how to grow, how to become more whole and more balanced and more loving. And when we try not to look at these things as like good or bad or, or through a shame consciousness, when we try to look at it as just this is me being assisted on my growth path, then we can really stand in that place of trusting life. You know, when the times in our lives where we've messed up horribly, we can have acceptance and love for those times. We can then trust ourselves and then trust life and then feel feel safe within ourselves. And then from that place, I think that everything that is truly meant for us in life just just comes we actually we put ourselves more in the frequency of love from Hmm. being in this place of acceptance and receptivity and so so love is more of constantly what gets exchanged I think Hmm. yeah I completely agree and I I do believe that trust and that feeling of trust is at the core of Demanifestation or manifestation. It's really sitting into that empowered, like empowered, embodied state of receiving. That's beautiful that you touched on universal consciousness too. And just all like that's when everything feels like that cliche spiritual quote that like everything is interconnected. It's like when you really embody that state and feel into that state. A lot of these spiritual truths are like cliches though, because they're so freaking simple. Totally. And I feel like all the time, I love when I've heard something a million times and then all of a sudden it's like it clicks and I have this crazy aha and I'm like, wait, I've literally been repeating this for so long, but I feel like that's like, maybe it's because we're living in this modern day age of social media, but there's like so much repetition. That's actually how I got I remember being at this retreat with Erica Matlock and Paul Kuhn. No worries from seven senses. And I remember talking to Paul at like one of the dinners and I was like, I don't know. I just, and this was at the very start of like kind of my spiritual journey. And I was like, a lot of spirituality just seems like repetitive. Like I just hear a lot of the people saying the same things and it is, but it's like that energy of 
embodied abundance too. And that like everything like divine timing and abundance, it's like, it can, if everything is kind of aligned in that, in that circumstance, it could just catalyze this beautiful aha moment. And it's like, it kind of brings us back to the true nature. Like we all have this purpose. And if we hone into that and share that, it's like, we'll be able to connect with others and like catalyze that aha and others. But it is so funny how a lot of these cliches are just like, they're actually the lessons. But they've just been yeah. repeated and crystallized on social media so much. To bring it back to what you said about letting go, when it comes to manifestation, do you feel like that's sh- shadow work? Is that similar to shadow work? I mean, that's a part of shadow work. It's kind of like letting go. I mean, it's almost like reclaiming a part of yourself. But I feel through trauma, you have, like let go and you have to create space for newness to come in. Like, how do you relate that to shadow work or is there a connection? Well, yeah, I think. For me, shadow work is letting the light and the shadow be friends. I I don't know with trauma. I I think that it's important for us to really be very clear with ourselves on things that happened. But I don't know how important it is to like keep reliving the same thing over and over again. So I think I have like a little bit of a different perspective than most people do on what shadow work actually is. Oh, explain. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, to me, a lot of what is out there on shadow work is like looking at the shadow as like a wounded part of ourselves. But like, I don't necessarily look at the nighttime as a wounded part of the daytime, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. it's just a different part of the daytime it's just mm-hmm. it's but it's it's all like good like that I don't know that the shadow needs to be like poked at so much yeah. because I think in healing there's a letter like where it goes into fixing yes yeah and yeah. you can be escaping your actual purpose the actual yeah. purpose of healing yeah and like some of our wounds will just always probably be there and perhaps through accepting those wounds and perhaps through accepting that they'll always be there we find a way to like move on and and transmute our reactivity to those wounds sometimes you just have to accept that we're all perfectly imperfect yeah and this yeah and this journey is just like yeah, there's a lot of perfectionism that's being transposed onto spirituality, I feel like, in the journey. And a lot of what we talked about in our past medicine reading, which I'm conscious of, but it's hard for me to embody, is like the getting out of my head and into my heart space, which I feel like is also another cliche that a lot of people are talking about, but it's like so important. It's because when you live and leave from that place, it's like, it, everything just feels just so much more easeful. We're consistently like new moon and Scorpio. Okay. Like what rituals do I have to do? What ceremony do I have to do? And sometimes just doing nothing and just being with the yeah. energy within and around you is, is everything like everything that you need and everything that you truly desire is actually already in your orbit. Yeah. 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 And you know, when we, do rituals when we create ceremonies when it feels like truly important and when it when we truly feel called to do it Mm. it feels so good 
rather than feeling like we have to force ourselves into doing it because this is the image of spirituality that we have. I want to circle back to your element retreat because you mentioned something before, and I feel like it's a really beautiful experience. I hope to attend one day. But can you talk about, do you have a transformational story, like a positive one from a guest that you'd like to share? Or if you want to share a little bit more about that experience in general? There's a lot of transformational (laughs) stories that have happened from element retreat. Like it's, it's actually, there's so many that I would say maybe 90% of the people who come leave having a deeply transformational experience, whether it's Mm. like babies being born that were hard to conceive or one woman came, she lost a hundred pounds. One came needing a heart monitor all the time left and no longer needed it. I mean, there's been, there's been amazing, amazing, just miracles of people being their own healers that transpire from that experience. One of the most amazing things is how close people become to each other after and how friendships are formed all over the world and how it's people like really understanding each other. But Element Retreat came to be because I've understood for a very long time that nature is the true healer and that actually we are nature. So this whole be your own healer thing, it comes from that place of Mm You know, you you can be your own healer because nature is the true master, true healer, and you are nature, so you can heal, right? Mm-hmm. And so each day we work with a different element from nature on the element retreat to attune you to that specific element mm-hmm. and help you to see the ways in which you're already connecting to that element to be your own healer and then bring in some more ways for you to continue to connect to that element to be your own healer. And it's through talks, it's through ceremonies. Every year, it's the same sort of itinerary, let's say, that I give people. But every year, it's very, very different the way we go into each element. I have so many people trying to like replicate this retreat. But it even if you came one year, like what would happen the next year would be incredibly different. I don't even know what happens every year. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on the people that are in the room, right? Like, and they're in the space. It's like really incredible what can happen when you're in a group healing setting. I mean, healing on your own is, can be really profound, obviously, but I feel like group healing, I probably had some of the most transformational experiences because someone says something that that sparks something inside of me that I didn't even know existed. You know, I start getting emotional about something from my past that I didn't even know was there. And I think there's just like everyone's collective energy together can bring about this unique alchemy. It's like such a beautiful experience. So every... Yeah, I'm sure every element retreat has its own unique medicine from your intention, but also the people that are are there and the energy that they're bringing forth. It is amazing how every year 
with Element Retreat, I feel like I receive so much mm. after I facilitate it from watching people's transformational experience. Mm. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, just because you are, you know, the healer, a healer and a leader in this circumstance, I'm sure you get so many lessons and it's like a mirror for you in so many ways too. Healers need healers. We're all healers at heart, right? I think we are all healers, but you know, I also have a theory. I think we're all healers, but I think only some of us actually, very few of us actually receive an invitation to work as a healer from the universe. I completely agree. And a lot of people want to be called, a lot of people are called to be healers right now Mm -hmm. in this space. Well, and I also think there's different ways you can heal. Like, I feel like I can heal through storytelling. It's like, I don't have a traditional modality that I'm working one-on-one with individuals, right? There's so many, there's so many ways to, to heal and embody that purpose. I'm almost like thinking about that your original taking it back to that like spark when you're born and how you have this question but -hmm. there's also so many vessels that you can embody you know the truth of that lesson there's so many different forms I think any creative act that is done from that spark that Mm -hmm. that spark of the soul that connected that's connected to your your quest is a healing offering you know, like you, you listen to a musical artist and you hear some of their songs and it's like, oh, that's a good song. And then you hear one of their songs and it, it touches you deeply. That's a, that's an act of healing that has, hmm. that has occurred, you know? Yeah. And I, I also think in a way, of course, there's a lot of people who like, they want to be healers because they can't, they're trying to figure out what they want to do. And they're like, I guess I'll just be a healer. I'll try this out for a little bit. There, there's there's that. But outside of that, I think that there is a lot of people being called to work as a healer in whatever medium suits them because we are kind of collectively becoming more and more ready to come into to come into balance and to receive healing and the mm. the wounding is so obvious there has to be a counterbalance to that i think yeah the age of aquarius right i mean there's there's clearly a raise in consciousness right now and that's why we're seeing you know in our capitalistic society like a raise in the popularity of spirituality in general just like everything there's duality there's frozen there's pros and cons and light and dark and is there anything collectively that you're seeing that you haven't shared oh yeah <laughs> you know how before you were talking about how like there's so much that we don't keep to ourselves that we we share so much yeah. i feel like you know this is like the Scorpio in me. I there's a lot I keep to myself. There's a there's like very clear like this is okay to share and put out there and this 
is something that is not, I just need to know it. I don't Mm -hmm. need to speak specifically to it. Mm. Yeah. Do you have gifts that you haven't shared before? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot, a lot that people just would not understand. Like it's, it's not, it's not necessary. And I think also to share it, there's, there runs too much of a risk of it falling into the ego, into Mm -hmm. like my ego or hitting the ego of other people. And so I keep it tucked in. Mm. Yeah. You all, I figured. (laughs) (laughs) You also keep your personal life very private, which I admire. Yeah. Everything from your family to your spaces. Do you want to speak to the intentionality behind that and just keeping that stay super sacred? So I'm I'm in a really great relationship. I've been in this relationship for 12 years. Um my husband and I were very different people, but we we just love each other so much. But I never talk about relationships or my relationship publicly. And the same too with my daughter. She's 10. We have a really beautiful mother-daughter relationship. We do so much together. We Mm. do so much creatively together. We have the most amazing conversations. She's such a wise soul. But I never talk about like mothering advice. And both of these reasons why I don't talk about these things is because I feel like it's like, you know how people say if you get a lover's name tattooed on you, it like curses the relationship. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like when you give advice or talk too much about these like truly sacred Mm -hmm. things, it, it opens up the energy the auric field of that relationship for different energies to kind of come in. So Mm. I keep the auric field of my romantic life tight, my, my parenting life tight. Like our whole family unit is, I keep that auric field just for us. Mm. I love that. I am at Aries rising and I always love to share. And I think Mm -hmm. sharing from the plate, like from a good wholehearted place really sparks my soul and lights me up. But sometimes I get too excited and Brandon has to like reel me in. And he's actually (laughs) like deeply spiritual and like deeply connected and like, he's like out of the closet, but like doesn't actually know how spiritual he is, but he'll be like, I remember when I was like shooting something in the bedroom and like apartment, he was like, this is just such a sacred space. And I was like, you're right. Like it is like I should. Yes. All right. I shouldn't say should, but like, you know, it's better to shoot this elsewhere. And it's similar to our engagement. Like I was going to, you know, do all this content and like write all this stuff about it. And we talked about this a lot. And he was like, I don't know. I just kind of want to keep this like with us. And it's really a good reminder for me as just like Capricorn moon too, that like Mm -hmm. always wants to work and then always want to show up. But I'm like, well, who am I showing up for? Like, why Mm -hmm. am I really posting and promoting this? Is this for me or is this to, you know, show off a sense of self that, you know, is somewhat of a a facade because everything online is a facade. 
And so it's been a really good lesson for me as well to keep the those relationships super sacred. And we mm-hmm. talked about this with the wedding too. And like we're going to have an intimate wedding just us two because it's really important. And I had this realization after our one-on-one medicine reading just to – you know, this is a really sacred union between two people, like two souls coming together to create almost a new one. It's like a rebirth of sorts. Yeah. And so we are going to have a celebration, but it's really important to me to reel that in and realize that I'm marrying this person. And that's like the most important thing of all and the most sacred thing of all. So I love how you move through the world in that respect. I've always really admired that about that. I've always really admired that about you. Thank you. I I am a secretive person. I think that's the Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. You have so many gifts that you're not sharing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They'll come out one day, maybe if the time is right. Yeah. Is there anything other, like any other lessons or anything else collectively that you are that you do want to share right now that you think will help a lot of people? Anything collectively that you're seeing? I know you always see like themes in some of your medicine readings as well. Anything that's coming up right now? Well, it is another cliche, but it's another one that is like a simple truth. And we've touched on it a little bit throughout all of this is to make sure that we are doing our own work Mm -hmm. to be our own healers. And to really not underestimate the power of the personal process and the way that spirals out to everyone who we affect. And I think that like doing our own work in a really authentic way or being our our own healer, I don't even want to say doing our own work because it's not really work actually. But being our own healers in a really authentic way, it looks different for everyone. Like Mm -hmm. for some people, that's being very engaged. And for some people, what is healing is to make a cup of tea and watch Home Alone or, you know, it's and it might be the same person finding healing in both different things. Like it's. It, it could be good to really focus on our own personal process rather than comparison and the self-abandonment that comes from comparison around what other people are doing or not doing. Yes. There are two thoughts that came to mind when you were speaking, and it's that lesson of abundance that I feel like I didn't quite state before, but it's like the energy of there is enough for everyone. Like yeah, there is enough for everyone. To, and if you truly connect with your unique magic with that spark, then you'll be able to live in harmony with everyone else. Like, can you imagine if everyone like lived from that place? It would be like such a harmonious collective life. But it's like this is kind of what being a human is all about: is you know going through those lessons and and the light and the dark and. The second part is there is no method to spirituality, which is really, I remember the first course I ever launched was a spiritual self-discovery course to like 
like a four-step process to greater spiritual self-discovery. And I had to say like greater instead of like to self-discovery because we all know that again, another cliche, but there obviously isn't a destination there and there isn't a specific methodology. And I feel like you have always really spoken to the art of exploration and the art of really finding what resonates with you throughout all of these rituals and practices because everyone is so unique and has and that changes too you're that you're not that that one thing that works for you now is likely not going to work with you for you you know two three five years down the road and that's growth and that's like beautiful yeah yeah Beautiful. yeah that's so i i love that you said that like if we could meet each other from i am enough you're you are enough there is enough mm. you know that would be that's the dream that's the yeah. dream because yeah then you can lift each other up right i mean there's such an air of competition especially with females and it's it's interesting my partner is actually a really good a beautiful person to like connect and collaborate with. He's always willing to help and help others. And it's always about just lifting everyone else up. You can't forget to like lift your own self up. But I just thought of Brandon in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there is enough for, yeah. for everyone. Got it. Yeah. Cut the comparison and competition. It's obviously easier said than done, but it's a lifelong journey. But thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's really going to help a lot of people. Okay, so we have a few minutes left, and I do these face-off quick-fire questions that are meant to be answered in two to three questions, and so we'll see how many we can we can get through. Okay. Sound good? Sounds okay. good. Okay. What are you doing right now to learn and grow? Putting my, car- my garden to bed. What does that even mean? You're it's, actually putting it to bed? Like Yeah, like putting it to bed for the winter. It's this oh. very interesting thing because it's one thing to, like, plant a seed and water it and ask for it to grow. And it's a whole nother thing of like cutting away the brush and what has died and bringing it to the burn pile. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really receiving a lot from doing that. Oh, I love that. There's such medicine in this season. <laughs> and I know you've worked with Kate Murphy in the past and I love her work about like, the seasonality and the medicine within that. I love that. How are you slowing down and resacreding life right now? Well, I just finished a huge tour. Yeah. And seeing you now, uh, we planned to do this a while back. This is the first day that I'm just back as of Sunday. Wow. So that's looking a lot like sitting by the fireplace. I just got this really amazing cookbook that I've been getting into. It's called Comfort is Joy. It's very vegetable forward. I'm forgetting the author's name, but it's such a beautiful book. And I've been doing a lot of recipes from there. And yeah, just letting myself be in the in the forest and in the nature that surrounds me. Mm, Rooting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's a recent challenge you faced that you were scared of, but you overcame? I I think that the first thing that comes up when you say this is I feel like I recently went through a series of universal tests of, hey, are you going to repeat the same pattern again? Because here's an opportunity to do this. Or 
have you learned your lesson and you're gonna like try something else, even though the something else is undefined and mysterious and unknown. And I feel like I just barely passed. But (laughs) yeah, hard to let go. Yeah. And we all know that that's like when the magic happens, though, is when you like create the space and truly surrender and you're like, okay, universe, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like open and I'm ready to receive. But it's hard to strip away, especially like you did. But you did it very gracefully. I have to say. Yeah, the the tests were in like opportunities to add things on. Right. That's so easy. Yeah, of course. It's so easy for Mornis. It brings us back to the conversation of materialism. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. Okay. These are far more than two to three questions, but I feel like I can talk to you all day (laughs) or two to three sentences. Okay. Last one. What is one thing you wish people knew about you? I'm like that they don't already, that I wish that they knew that they don't already know. How much really true love I have for humanity. I really think people are amazing. I know we've spoken a lot to polarities today, but I really think human beings are are so amazing and I have a deep, deep love for humanity. I mean, I feel like you truly embody that magic and I feel like it reminds me of that quote, you are nature. Nature is set, is so magical, and I feel like you taught so many people that, and you just embody that with such grace. And I know, like your work and your wisdom is is impacting so many people, and I'm really excited to see what you do next. Thank you so much. I'm excited to see what you do next too. Okay, I will see. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Yeah, or I'm at a pivotal turning point right now. I there's a lot coming out, but I feel really, really yeah. good. So, and where can people find you lastly? My website, mamamedicine.com or on Instagram at mamamedicine and Element Retreat in Italy in the summer. Wonderful. So many ways to connect and yeah. work with you. Thank you so much, Deborah. This was so special. I feel like I can talk to you all day. Thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, it means the world. We'll have to have you back (laughs) again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting and listening to Facing Forward. I am genuinely so grateful for each and every one of you. If you feel called, please review and subscribe to this podcast. It would seriously mean so much to me and help support the production of this podcast. If you do proceed to read and review Facing Forward, please send a screenshot of your review to jessica at kara-lad.com and we will send you a free clarity exercise that I've used over the years to help me really connect deeper to my purest, fullest, most authentic expression. In the meantime, you can follow me along on Instagram at Lad, on TikTok at Kara.Lad, and subscribe to my Substack Growing Forward. Again, I'm so grateful you're here on this journey with me, and I'm super excited to keep going and growing forward together. Big love.